Well, here we are again, Trinity Sunday. Every year on this particular Sunday, we have the opportunity once again to scratch our heads as we attempt to understand the Trinity. And because this Sunday is always, traditionally, the bishop's visitation, I will have the opportunity to mine this theme annually. That is, unless or until the cathedral chases its name. I must have been in junior high, those feisty and awkward years, when I complained, and maybe some of you did the same, or you've, you've heard young people say the same. Why do I have to learn this? I'm never going to use it. When will I ever use it in my day-to-day -day life? We wouldn't be wrong to make the same complaint about the Trinity. How, in fact, is understanding the Trinity applicable to our daily lives? The patriarchal language that we use for the Trinity posits a very narrow frame that challenges our relationship with God. It is difficult to hear, for many, God the Father without associating God with a dictatorial, controlling, all-powerful, authoritative Father. And it's difficult to move forward then with a full understanding of God the Father as part of a trinity. And yes, we know that we're meant to think of this as metaphorical, but even so, the patriarchal frame has already been set. This theological mindset is not simply an artifact from the past. It lives on in ways that are actually harmful. As much as we may encourage an abstract or metaphorical understanding of God the Father to soften the rigidity, the description suggests a hierarchy for human community. Instead of a loving, generative parent, God the Father can easily become a template for gendered dominance, control, and unearned privilege. And in its worst form, this hierarchy of gendered power can easily support forms of misuse and abuse, such that the church is actually inflicting spiritual trauma. The use of God the Father is to dispossess an entire sector of human community in a profound misunderstanding of spiritual authority. And the result has been Thousands of spiritually traumatized people, many of whom refuse to ever go into a church again. This is disheartening, tragic, really. It's a distortion of Jesus' teachings. This is also the reason we must continue to dismantle the ways in which patriarchal notions of God cripple our capacity to become the body of Christ. Any attempt to simply erase these metaphors will fail. They are already embedded in our imagination and in our practices. And in some places and times, they can still provide insight and guidance. You have heard me describe in previous Trinity Sunday sermons, the Trinity as not an object or an entity to grasp by reason, but instead, as the essence of God known first and foremost in relationship. 
This relationship has a unique character which we understand through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, the Christ. In his living, Jesus taught through word and deed what it means to participate in God's realm, what it looks like to love in a godly way, but as a human loving our neighbors. The primary element of this godly love is compassion. Jesus demonstrated the depth and transformative nature of compassion as he healed, embraced, prayed with, and taught any who would receive him. It is his unwavering acts of compassion and his constant attribution of the source of this compassion, God's love, that provides a way to answer the question, what difference does a trinity make in my life today? Theologian Elizabeth Johnson offers a fresh approach to the Trinity. Imagine the Trinity not as a configuration of three entities, but as a three-pronged approach to our formation as the body of Christ. And imagine, thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) We are exclusive here at the cathedral. Imagine that compassion is the key that unlocks how to live the Trinity today. God is compassion, full stop. God is compassionate connectedness. God is compassion poured out. God is compassion. The fullness of God is known in and through compassion. There is no presence of God in which compassion is not at work. An understanding of God as punisher or as a cruel dominator are the works of human will to power. If we relate to God as angry, we will live in fear and self-loathing. God, who is compassion itself, is always living and moving with mercy. God is compassionate connectedness. In addition to knowing that God is compassion, that God is the very essence of compassion, God as compassionate connectedness is alive and made known in our human capacity to allow compassion to form bonds with others because of and through our compassion. We hear descriptions of this compassionate connectedness through Jesus' ministry throughout the Gospels when we hear versions of things like, he saw their sorrow and he had compassion for them. This was not an instance of feeling sorry for them. Jesus responded out of a soulful connectedness that the pain of others was not separate from him. The pain of others separates us only when we are unable to respond with and through the compassion that is God. God is compassion poured out. The Latin roots of compassion associate its meaning with suffering with. As compassion poured out, God is ever present in our lives and especially in times of suffering. This is not 
to valorize suffering as if we should run around trying to suffer. I think suffering finds us easily enough. But instead, it is an embrace of the meaning of the cross. Human suffering, so often the result of human disconnectedness from God, is ever-present. And what we know from Jesus' life and death is a power to overcome suffering through love that knows no bounds. We are in times of chaos, trauma, and, and rapid changes right now. And alongside the anxiety and the disorientation these bring, we are also face to face with suffering. There is no better time than today to understand the Trinity as a call to be formed by a God that is compassion. Our call as Christians is to nurture and deepen our relationship with God, who is compassion, with a God who is generative and alive in our bonds of compassionate connectedness, with a God who is eternally responsive as compassion poured out in the midst of suffering. We confirm this most clearly through our baptismal covenant, which we will renew in a few minutes. And as we do so, I invite you to reimagine our Trinitarian God, a God who is compassion, who is com compassionate connectedness, and who is compassion poured out. Let us pray. O oh God, you prepared your disciples for the coming of the Spirit through the teaching of your Son, Jesus Christ. Make the hearts and minds of your servants ready to receive the blessing of the Holy Spirit, that they may be filled with the strength of his presence. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.